Hey everybody, welcome to Shallow Dives. Uh, got a kind of different sort of little episode here. Um, Christian and I figured we, uh, you know, haven't caught up in a while in terms of what we've been watching, listening to, reading, whatever. Um, and you know, this quarantine's still going strong. Uh, we're living in some crazy fucking times right now. Uh, I know both of us have kind of been turning to uh, some shows for comfort, some shows uh, as you know a reflection of how we're feeling right now, some films, some music as well. Um, music is something that we've never really talked about, but I know we've both been listening to some shit lately. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I'll, I'll let you kick this off, man. I, I, I just kind of want to know, like, what have you been uh, watching, rewatching, getting into? Like, like, what's going on with you? Yeah, I mean, so with TV, it's interesting, right? Because you want to usually you want to watch something new, but there are times. Uh, and uh, you've been this way. You've, you've rewatched things three or four times and still haven't gotten around to watch. I've seen The Sopranos four times. I, you know, I still can't get you to watch Rectify. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, that's, and we'll get there eventually. But that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Dolores had never seen uh, David Simon's Treme. Yeah. And I was like, we got to fix that. So we're literally on the last episode. We're finishing that wonderful kind of like shit is sad. But it largely is this kind of like joyous like, celebration of life which is really weird considering it's the guy who did The Wire. It's kind of the opposite. <laughs> uh, but the thing I got to tell you that I've really loved the most, and, and I've seen some of this, but never all of it, is I'm really heavy into Adventure Time right now. Uh, like, we're, we're three seasons in, guy. It's a lot of fun. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is something that was on my list that I was going to bring up. I, I, I knew that you had just started it the last time we talked about it, mm-hmm. um, but you're three seasons in. And that show, like, just fucking... I don't know. I feel like it builds on itself. And like, once you get invested in it, it's like just such a great vibe, you know, it's like such a nice hangout show, uh, but gets emotional at the same time. Um, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, so I had watched up to like season five before, but I had made conscious decisions. I'd gone on like Reddit and be like, give me only the mythology episodes. And what I'm finding out by doing this rewatch, by the way, is like, they didn't know that this wasn't a mythology episode before, you know what I mean? Like later seasons right. will come and bring some shit back. So watching it now, I'm like, we just watched the second Susan Strong episode mm. uh, where she makes Finn touch the side of her head and you don't know. Like, oh my God, fish person or not a fish? Is she a human? Like, is you don't right. know. And I'm like, they just end the episode. I'm like, fuck, I really started to get really just so enamored by the kind of boldness of that. Because, you know, like the, the cuts are so harsh. They'll be like, ha, 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 come along yeah. with and you're like oh the episode's over okay so they, yeah they got to get in and out in 11 minutes like no fucking time to waste um yeah, so we're actually no, I, one episode away from from where i'm excited because doris likes us she really likes us like she's laughing at the shit she loves tree trunks and stuff uh and i know that's a weird one uh, yeah, but my least favorite character, by the way, is, Trunks Trunks. is great. What you don't remember when she was like possessed by that one thing? It was like, You're sexy, Jake. You don't remember this at all? Like, I do, I do. Yeah, oh, god, so good. Uh, no, we're one episode away from Holly Jolly Secrets, which is the beginning of the Ice King like uh, mythology where, where mm. you see Simon and you do the like home movie things. And that, right. that's I remember that was the moment where I really started to get invested in it, which is weird because mm-hmm. it's like three seasons in but it's where i was like oh my god this has got something much more important to say uh, right because i remember so, so but before you continue i just want to know like you said you'd watched up to season five mythology episodes really only you hadn't watched mythology past season five no the last thing i remember is prismo like the season five premiere and they're like going they're chasing the lich oh, because wow. he was in billy's i gotta be careful because dolores doesn't know this but billy had been take like john locked bro like the lich yeah. was inside of billy and that's the last thing i remember was them like chasing him through the interdimensional thing and prismo being like what's up i'm kumail nanjiani i'm in the show now uh and i loved it i i really loved it and that was all i had seen so like we're now coursing our way through that and my point is this that like little moments are so beautiful when i first watched it the episode that i loved so much was uh, ocean of fear because yeah. it just has a couple really great bits where he's like, all right, I'm going to put you under with my jowls. And he literally just lowers his <laughs> jowls. But that face of him, like as a swaddled yeah. little baby, like, Ooh, like all of that was so funny to me. Little did I know that that was the beginning of this really emotional, beautiful thing, which is like, Finn is scared of water. Now, I haven't got to this thing yet, but I know at some point Finn is going to have to cross like some ocean, do this great vast thing. And that's like going to be yeah. this beautiful call I, I don't. 
I, I don't want to spoil a goddamn thing about it aside to, uh, besides to say that there's like a feature length string of episodes in which that happens like near the end of the run yes. and it like will wreck you emotionally. I believe it's it. so fucking good. Um, and each episode like still manages to be like its own standalone story that strings along like coherently. This is like season um, nine, season 10? it's it's one of those they they like near the end of the run they started to get like experimental with like the continuity or whatever and they did like a uh like a six episode run about marceline um and it's like fucking badass and awesome and then like they did another about finn uh crossing the the ocean or whatever That's awesome. um yeah like so so it really gets into some shit um yeah i again i don't want to spoil anything. On, see, I, didn't that's so I didn't realize cool. that you hadn't gotten that far yet no, yeah, yeah, because that's so bold to me because I knew then, you know, be, not just because, like, we're writers, but because, like, we understand story in some way. Like, I yeah. knew that that would be important eventually, and I think that's amazing. That's, like, the 10th episode or 14th episode of season one, and then you say they don't pay that off. You know what I'm saying? Right. But they keep building towards that being this epic fucking moment, you know? Uh, yeah. Because in that Susan Strong episode, there's another part with water where he won't get in the water and they have to like take a boat across or something. So I yeah. thought that was really pretty. Then my, my point is this, that that show is such a weird achievement because it's so out there and it's barely a kid's show, but they, there's all these incredible emotions that are like lying right beneath the surface with it and stuff. And yeah, like I, so my experience, um, I had loved this show when it was airing up until like season four or so, and like for no particular reason at all, I just kind of fell off of it, um, and I like lost the thread of the continuity, and I was like, oh, I'll pick it up later, and cut to like six, seven years later, or whatever it was, um, this quarantine happened, and I was freaking out. I thought I got sick, you know, like uh, I might have, I don't fucking know. Uh, the world was like in completely stalled and like adventure time was like the perfect thing to be watching. Like while I was sitting here alone, anxious, whatever. Um, and I like fucking like just sailed right through it. Um, and it was such a fucking perfect thing to watch because it, 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 it doesn't shy away from like dark shit or adult shit. And it like allows those characters to get older. Um, but in a subtle way, like it, it does a lot of really smart things um really fucking glad it exists yeah yeah i mean that's so that's that's what's like kind of consuming me the most right now is that little miracle of an mm -hmm. achievement uh you know we we had watched uh the americans during this quarantine that was something that i had been meaning for a minute to like i'm gonna finally watch this because i'd watched three seasons of it before yeah um and and like here's the thing about that show because i've tried to praise it to people they're all like oh i tried it just it's too slow and oh. Here's the thing. I don't disagree with that, but I would say this. There are two types of slow burn shows, right? Like, I think about Boardwalk. Boardwalk Empire is a show that's like, yo, you're going to take about 10, 11 episodes to get to where we need to get you to. But that last episode, holy shit, it's all going to come together and it's going to be really great. And Boardwalk more or less nails that. That's their version of slow burn. The Americans is six seasons of a slow burn. Like, there's nothing you know like and not saying that yeah. it's devoid of these like moments that are action-packed or whatever but it's such a character study that's masquerading as some espionage action show you know so so can i like and i 100 percent understand what you're saying but can yeah. i like push back on that a Please, little bit yeah. uh like i i would i would say and this is my personal experience like boardwalk empire is a show i never finished and i honestly have no real desire to um because stop? i be, i stopped after season two like in the middle of season three when they're like taking over that road in that town and whatever yeah okay and and i just I, at that point i just realized i didn't give a shit about a single character mm. i wasn't invested and i like michael shannon you know i love michael shannon i love fucking buscemi but like none of those characters i kind of felt like i was watching like uh it felt like visiting a museum watching that show whereas the americans uh and this is also a show I haven't finished, and it's it's for separate reasons. It's like such an involving show on an emotional level, and like the more you watch of it, the more you realize like who these people really are. Um, it's such a fucking layered, dense thing. Yeah, but you know? you're agreeing with me and not knowing it. That's my point, though. Is that is is that there's so much more. It's so much more cerebral. And it's working on so many more levels. The Americans is, and it's never about this plot-oriented thing that comes together in the thirteenth episode. Like mm -hmm. it's purely this this character thing. Where I don't think Boardwalk Empire was ever interested in actually doing character yeah. work. You know I, what I mean? What I was pushing back on was yeah. the idea of like, oh, once you get to that episode, you're going to be hooked. Like I was just never hooked before. 
boardwalk sure. is is the main thing. Um, but yeah, like hundred percent Americans is fucking great. It's kind of uh, my uh, fucking Better Call Saul problem right now is I fell off of it, and I need to like rewatch so much of it that it's like become a task that I've put off because it's been a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. I really really want to get back on it. I, I would like, tell you this around season four. Yeah. I would tell you this because we didn't announce this in the beginning of the show. So if anyone's still with us and you wanted to know, we were going to kind of loosely talk about great finales uh, mm. a little bit later on. And yeah. uh, one thing I will say about Boardwalk, because it's interesting, it's like, how do you rate a good finale? Is it like the Cheers thing? Like, did Cheers do anything revolutionary? No, but was it fucking the best at what it did? Fuck yes, man. There's some pride in that. So, like, considering what Boardwalk Empire's ending was, it's pretty good. But I would say this. You fell off on season three. <clears throat> I totally get it. Season three is my least favorite by a long stretch of, uh, of Boardwalk I'm talking about. Season four is genuinely fucking wonderful. And it's mostly because they understand that Buscemi could not really carry that show. Not that he couldn't on talent, just that they yeah. never made that character interesting enough to carry. So he, right. it becomes kind of about Michael K. Williams. Like Chalky becomes kind of the focal mm. point of season four. Uh, and, White, right? Yeah. And they, yeah. <laughs> that fucking name. I'm sorry. Come on, Terrence Witter. Come on, guy. <laughs> like chalky white <laughs> fuck me like what are you doing anyway uh, I, I would just say that because i do i do want to go to bat for that um but in any case like I, I will say the americans is just so much more superior because of the character work that it's doing uh yeah. to the point where you know i got to the end of it and couldn't shut up about it i was like i don't know man maybe a top five or ever i really feel that 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 strongly about it and I mean, the performances in that show are just fucking next level. And again, I say that having not seen all of it, but uh, Matthew Reese, is, isn't that how you say his yeah, name? Reese. Yeah. Reese. Uh, j- just that scene where uh, he's in bed and he's describing like a part of his training was to, and I brought this one up to you before, like yeah. it was just such a devastating thing. Part of his training was to have to sleep with all of these people, like old men, women, whoever. And, and it's just like you can just see like the moral rot that's kind of taken place. Like you finally fucking understand this guy after like seasons. You know? That just sounds like the Soviet Union was really progressive in the 80s. <laughs> like fuck ever, whatever, guys. Like we're all just atoms. We're, we're moving around. <laughs> they were ahead uh, of the curve. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, I, I totally agree, man. I think I, I called you at one point. I'm like, this motherfucker's doing shit I've never seen people do before. He's that good of an actor, being completely different, being broken, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, fucking being Clark also. He just puts on some glasses <laughs> and a wig, and he's like the well, funniest the guy on TV. But that's the difference, because no offense to Carrie Russell, who's doing some really good work. The wigs were doing the heavy lifting for her, where it's like he was becoming other people, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. God damn it uh all right well i didn't mean to take your adventure time what have, you, what have you been watching anything outside of that uh i mean a couple of things i did want to give a shout out to a show called the great which i've talked about um it's a hulu show uh starring uh l fanning and nicholas holt and a few other people um and it's about Catherine the great um takes place in russia in like what the 17th 18th century what's great know. about her uh she well apparently you know i didn't know a whole lot about her and this show really isn't about her reign it's more about how she came to come into power uh but she she was the uh first um female leader of russia um maybe the only i'm not really sure but apparently like like the time that she led russia was considered the golden age of russia um and she did it as an outsider she was german um and the show is about and it's like this fucking pitch black comedy about uh her sort of coming to the court um after the king of russia has died and she is due to be wed to the uh son of the uh uh, peter yeah peter um are you reading about it right now yeah this is fucking incredible i'm re i'm wikipedia this woman's story go on yeah um so so and and she she comes in there in like the first episode or two she's like really trying to love this guy but like almost right away and like as the episodes progress uh she realizes that he's a fucking monster he's like the the worst logical endpoint of supreme privilege like he's completely mercurial he's not intellectually curious uh fucking violent vile disgusting frat boy uh basically it's uh by the people who did the the favorite or at least one of the writers from the favorite and it's very much got that vibe it's very much like lavishly shot, uh, really uh, 
fucking funny. Um, all of the Russian actor or characters are played by British actors with British accents. Like they don't try at all, which I kind of fucking love. Um, I really recommend it. It took me by surprise. I was expecting like a uh, Sofia Coppola, you know, Marie Antoinette type of vibe, but right. it's very much not. It's deeply violent, disgusting, weird, dark, and like very much uh, reminded me of like our current political moment too. Nice. Like just seeing a despotic leader and this woman who becomes convinced that, oh yeah, not only do I not love this guy, but I got to fucking kill him and take over the country. And that's that's what that whole first season's about, yeah. Man, you gotta give it to Hulu, who is like the ugly stepchild of the streaming wars right now for whatever reason. But they like that in Handmaid's Tale. I'm not even saying I'm a huge fan of it, but it tapped into a cultural zeitgeist moment for sure. Uh, yeah, and it seems like they're kind of tapping into that again, which is interesting. Yeah, it's it's just you know I I love a good satire, you know, and we're living in some uh, fucking dark weird times anyway, so might as well jump on that old weird bandwagon. Um, it's like one of many things that's kind of reflecting the Trump era, you know, succession being another thing. Um, but yeah, the other thing I'm watching right now is a little show called What We Do in the Shadows, which I know I have talked your ear off about this season has been just playing on another fucking level. Like it's goofy and silly and honestly like the most adorable show on TV right now. Um, and I, and I, I believe that. it. Like, I, I can't think of like anything that's like more endearing than that show. Um, and it's like doing a lot of creative shit. Uh, Check it out. It yeah, no, I believe it. I, I really love season one. Uh, I thought yeah. that was great. And, and and it's purely just like watching shit. I don't, I don't know why. You know, like FX got easier to watch. And for some reason, I've watched it less. I don't know why. <laughs> like, because now it's just there on Hulu. It's awesome. It's like, oh, right. shit. never click on it. You know what I mean? Uh, but I intend to. And I think that's the thing is I wait until the full season was done season one. So it just ended, right? Season two. I think they've got one more episode left, okay. but like th- there's a string of episodes, like pretty much from the second episode up until now, like they've all been fucking bangers. Like they're all good, if not great. Um, and like I laughed more at that show than I have at most shows I've seen mm. lately. So right. yeah. Really Comedy's hard. <laughs> These is. guys make it look real easy. Uh, we're, uh, I'm replaying the last of us right now with Dolores, uh, because last of us two is coming out and I know how you sort of feel about those games and I don't, I don't think you even mean it disrespectfully at all. Um, it's just, you prefer like these open world kind of, oh, no, I mean here. it disrespectfully. <laughs> uh, so, but we're replaying it, man. And I got to tell you, and it's like, I understand, I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm not being a shithead, but I do think that these games are kind of marvels because we're getting acting we're getting performances and direction and and in the same way that like okay it took alan moore's crazy ass to kind of legitimize graphic novels as a form like video games were considered lesser than they and and to an extent they still are a lot of people are i mean i we have friends of ours who are like video games aren't art like what uh and and certainly not all video games are art but sometimes they have the capacity to do that it's like i'm playing last of us now a, a game that i know what happens uh, so it's like, I'm not so worried about the mystery. I'm just kind of like looking at how everyone plays it. You know what I mean? Like from a performance standpoint, like, holy shit, this is really amazing. Uh, yeah. Well, where, where, do you, where do you think I land on this issue in terms of like... I think you say like you 100% understand that it has its place and you're sure it's very good. Just from a personal perspective, like you are, you've always, and I've known this about you, you've always been yeah. like an RPG kind of guy. You like to build your thing your own way and not be told where to go on rails i think that's your big deal you like freedom it's not so much like liking so like a video game i it doesn't have to be any one thing for me um for me to enjoy it or whatever uh i do tend to enjoy open world shit more for sure um i i think that my main beef if i have any beef and i really don't mean any disrespect because i say this not really having played these games that much i've played a couple of uncharted's and i didn't enjoy it um is that if i want to see like great directing and acting i'll watch a movie um if i want to play a game i want i want something that's going to utilize game mechanics in an interesting way uh if that makes sense so so it's like are are the game mechanics in service of the story or is the story in service of the game mechanics like what came i i Yeah, but that's the thing, is I genuinely feel like it's a really good marriage, man. You know, because it's mostly a stealth game. Like, Uncharted, you're running and gunning. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you have limited ammo, you have limited medicine, you have limited everything. The idea is not to engage as much as you possibly can, you know what I mean? 
and of course there's still like every now and then like when a cutscene comes on they'll give you like a quick time thing but for the yeah. most part like you are doing everything like it's your job to strategize how to get out of this you can fire a gun or you never have to fire a bullet like it's, mm -hmm. it's really like puzzle based which i really enjoy uh because i yeah. just like you know tickling the brain as it were um and and so again i i see what you're saying about the performance and stuff like that but i think that's that's still undercutting it because it's like books have narratives and characters, right? Like, were they going to be shitty yeah. when movies happened? They're like, you can't take characters and narratives and shit like that. So I just, I look at it as the mar the marriage of two different mediums to create something new, you know? Well, well, do you think that it needed a narrative to be legitimized as an art form? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Because, you because think? yeah, not for me personally, but I mean to the mainstream. Yeah. Because people yeah. need an emotional investment. And while I love Mario and I love Sonic and shit like that, there's nothing like if Mario dies, we know he comes back. We know that we just sure. press start over. And like, yes, you can do that with these games too, but there is emo there's like inherently emotional stakes. And I think mm -hmm. that's the difference is that when we introduce stakes, when we introduce bigger concepts, people forget what bio the first Bioshock did like for gaming. People were like, oh, you can like talk about shit. You can talk about predeterminism. You can talk about weird themes. Uh, Bioshock Infinite did the same thing. So it's like, I think that we needed those moments to legitimize it to the public for sure. Okay. I, I mean, like, like I look at something like, like the Half-Life series though. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. Like, like in terms of like an art form, like I'm, I'm more talking about like you personally, like when was the first time that you looked at a video game and was, you were like, that's art. I mean, early, but again, it still plays on an emotional place. Like I played Zelda when I was a kid and Zelda, there's no dialogue in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no one speaks, there's no voice acting, but they still played on this really basic kind of white hat, dark hat thing. You understood the stakes. There was emotional, there was an emotional thing to it. So certainly sure. we didn't need to keep going there. And I guess I just proved my point that, hey, Zelda did it without words and they still did it. The last Zelda game came out like three years ago and was fucking wonderful and still had zero dialogue or performance, which sure. I think is incredible. Uh, so it's like, but what I'm saying is I'm not against the marriage of those two things in order to create this other more hype thing. Uh, especially okay. from what I've heard about Last of Us 2, it's going to be devastating because we've had a whole game to give a shit about these people. I heard uh, there's some controversy about that, by the way. Uh, what, yeah. What's the controversy? Someone leaked know? a lot of it, uh, and I have not read anything. I've been very okay. good about staying away well, from things. But I've, I've heard people read getting shitty about what was leaked, apparently. Uh, there's, a, there's two things going on, which is some people don't like the direction the story is going in. Okay. Some people have said that this should be a part three, not a part two. Which makes it seem like some finality, which is interesting to me. Mm. Um, and the other thing is, people are against this. The, the, there's there's a there's a gay couple and there's like a trans character, and some people are rallying against that. And okay. Well, I, I know that they made the main character gay, right? Because yeah, I, I saw that cinematic or whatever where she yeah. kisses a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, so that's the thing. You never know Ellie's gay in the first game. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't she's matter. She's a little it's, kid, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you. Because that's the thing people are complaining about right now. It's like, wow, why, why wouldn't she gay the first time? It's like a Dumbledore being gay situation. Like, why did you put it in the books? But yeah. it's uh, she's a kid. Yeah. Like, I, and I want to be clear. Like, I, I, yeah, for real. Um, no, I want to be clear though. I wasn't trying to like push back on you. I was just trying to understand your point of view oh. better. Um, like, uh, yeah. in terms of like games, like. Uh, as an art form or whatever, I, I would not begrudge anybody uh, or begrudge these games existing. Um, they're just probably not, maybe not for me. I'll give them a chance though. I have a PS4. I have all of two games for it. Um, now is as good a time as any probably. This is coming out on PS4 and then later PS5, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's like 20 bucks right now to get the remastered version for yeah. PS4. So, uh, Un Uncharted genuinely left like a bad taste in my mouth the first two, but mm -hmm. that was me a few years ago. Um, I'll, so I'll give Last of Us a shot for sure. It has the skeleton of Uncharted, but they neuter you in a way. They take away the things you can do uh, yeah. in, in an effective way, because if you could literally climb up every fucking light pole and do backflips off of shit, like that's not a stealth game. You know what I mean? That's not really even a horror game at that point. Right. So it has a little bit of that engine, but I promise you it's much different because I'd be the first one to call bullshit on that. I don't like when soccer games do that, like sports games. Mm -hmm. They, they like keep the same billboards in the back. You told me about that. It's yeah. like, no, you can't just take the same thing and repaste it. Like, and they didn't do that. I promise you. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, and yeah, that comes out in like a month, right? Nah, it's like next week, or man. Next week. Yeah. That's why I'm, that's why I'm playing it now is to get through it. We're playing it like an hour every night before we go to sleep. Okay. Damn. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll at least watch a Let's Play or something, you know? Because then it's like I'm watching a movie. All right. Like a TV yeah. show. I mean, I know? think that campaign's like 10 hours. Like, it's not that long. It's not bad. It's like watching a season of television, which Craig Mason is still doing that, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing the adaptation. They just got uh, Johan Rank, the guy who did uh, Chernobyl, to yeah. direct it. So I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me switch here, man. Let me just talk because I know you got something to say about this, dude. Run the Jewels uh, 4. It's pretty great. Uh, and, and I was going to say it's really interesting because I was talking to you and, and our friend Solar the other day about it mm. because I've never understood, like, I'm not even a huge Rage Against, Rage Against the Machine fan. I want to point yeah. that out. I like them, but I'm not like, holy shit. But I always felt that they held this very special place where, like, everything else was sort of affectation about, like, the anger. Nothing mm-hmm. about really. Like, Rage was genuine. They tapped into some fucking angst and anger that was yeah. just out there. And I've always loved that about them. And I've never felt that, again, until Run the Jewels. Like, these motherfuckers are doing something right now. It's amazing. Had you uh, really, like, I know you knew who they were and you'd heard some songs. Like, had you really, like, listened to full albums, like, from yeah, well, them before? What I found out about myself is I've only, I only do the uh, events. I've, I, I know Run the Jewels 2 a lot. Like, really like that one. Never listened to yeah. Run the Jewels 1. And then I, I have downloaded Run the Jewels 3 on my title. Uh, but okay. I've never listened to it. So it's like what I'm finding out about myself is that they've been badasses for a minute. But there's yeah. something about this particular album, the way it sounds, how angry it is, but not scary angry, like fucking righteous anger, man. And I love it. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Kill- Killer Mike for sure has been, like, always been Mike. political. Um, you know, he's he's always been a, a, an activist or whatever. Um, but especially on this album, I agree. It's like taking on a different tone. Uh, if you listen to like uh, the first one was kind of a goof. Like, and if you listen to their careers before they ever got together, they could not be more different. Like mm-hmm. LP was a part of that under, underground hip hop, like uh, from the mid '90s, Company Flow, like all that kind of experimental shit. Whereas Killer Mike was like southern southern hip hop, you yeah. know, he was like very much part of that Atlanta scene, and like somehow they like married like LPs sort of uh, in not industrial but like apocalyptic sort of uh, dystopian production or whatever with like Killer Mike's righteous fucking anger and like crazy flow and shit, and they like made something special. Um, but it was always kind of a goof up until like the second one then they started to like get more political and then the third one a little bit more and then this one is like next level like like you said like it does feel like it's the culmination of and and again i need to go back and listen to all of it but am i wrong to say this is their best record like i've spun this thing 40 fucking times since it come out like front yeah no i can't stop fucking listening to it you know because and it's like anytime they drop a they drop an album like i'm always like a little bit worried like i'm like okay this is the one that's gonna not be good it's gonna be a disappointment or whatever but it's like they just keep getting better i mean rtj2 is still like great but like this one's like just banger after banger after banger you know it's so fucking good yeah man it's been uh, uh that and my friend ryan's uh band man man uh but and i love ryan so much he won't take this personally but it's like well the jewels is like fucking like it's just yeah. so it's so much different it just taps into something that we're all feeling and i love the fact that they moved up the release yeah, they got yeah it. i think they heard that mix and they were like nah this shit needs to be heard now you know right well well just like that cut and i i called you on the phone before you listened to it um on walking in the snow when like mm-hmm. killer mike is you know talking about fucking uh eric garner you know like right, right, until right. you see a man like me whisper i can't breathe or whatever and like for them to drop this album now and it's just like it's so fucking devastating that this shit has always been going on um but i think that they saw an urgent need for it for sure and like the production is fucking great like they come right out of the gate like so so fucking like back at it like a crack at it oh god that must black oh god yeah, yeah, it does get you from the set because it really is like what's that fucking Springsteen quote about Dylan? I don't want to keep butchering it, but oh, like the uh, the snare hit on uh, like Rolling Stone is like somebody kicking open the doors of your mind or something like that. Sure, that, that yeah. same thing, but of my anger, my untapped fucking tra- tra- suppressed trauma, anger for generations yeah. and shit. Like it, I'm not even kidding. That minute, that fucking back at it, like a crack at, it, and that the first beat mm-hmm. strum hit. And, and like, then, okay, like, we're doing, doing it. like, this sort of back and forth, like, it turns into, like, a buddy action movie or whatever, yeah. like, where yeah, LP's outside, and he's like, don't fucking kill yourself, you still owe me for those Nikes and shit, 
um and they they like they do have like moments of humor and levity but like near the end especially like pulling the pin and uh, uh what's that last one called again fuck um a few uh, words for the firing squad uh it gets like really fucking emotional you know like there's a couple really like, beautiful there's the part where he's talking oh, yeah. he's like i love you it's my only grace he's talking lp's talking yeah. about his wife um, oh my god he's beautiful. like uh, yeah, I woke up early once again. That's four days straight. I didn't want to wake you, baby, in the radiation of the city's sun. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it's, like, really fucking pretty. And then Killer Mike's talking about, how, like, how his mother, like, he wants to make her proud, but she died in an addict, and he couldn't be there for her. So oh, yeah, he just tried to get her, her to hold after on. She's, yeah, like, just fuck, man. Like, it, that last song felt like a fucking, like, them just going out for the last time or something. But that's kind of right. how they end every record. It's like they they go all fucking in on it. I do. Like, there's bands I so like. Good. There's a band called. Uh, it's by the guy. It's a guy named Tim Casher. He isn't mm. that indie band Cursive that was really big. Yeah. Was. But he has a side project called The Good Life. But what I really love about all of his projects is that every last song is always this like eight to twelve minute like like polemic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like like it's this fucking moment. You're like, this is it. This is his statement. He's walking away after this. So I just like the idea that every last song could be this like, wow, there it was, guys. It came and it went. A swan song. Like uh right. and then they come back with another album that's equally yeah. fucking fierce. Like, hey, we're back. <laughs> but but no, like when the music is building in that last song and the saxophone is like fucking like soloing oh, yeah. and shit. Like I, I feel like I'm just seeing the riots, you know? Yeah. The well, and that's my point. It's like yeah. I can't imagine seeing these protests not scored to this now. Like in a way, yeah. like this is the album of this moment. It's fucking incredible. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of another album that's like been more of the moment that I've been aware of. I'm sure there have been. You know, maybe in my American lifetime. Idiot. But <laughs> that was the one. He walks a lonely road. He, he just it's got reelected. <laughs> like you know, they were angsty. <laughs> Uh, can, a quick story about Run the Jewels. Um, yeah. Last time they dropped an album was literally a month after Trump got elected. Um, yeah. And I saw them in concert the day that he got inaugurated. And it was like raining. It was at Janice Landing. And we were all like fucking in it together. And I like went alone just because I had to see him. And it was like such a fucking cathartic thing to like see those dudes live. Like it's amazing. The day man. that he got inaugurated. Yeah. Um, have you been keeping yourself warm with any other thing, man, or do you want to move on to our finales? Um, let, let me let me check my little list here. I mean, uh, just a couple of quick movie reviews, uh, oh, sure. real quick. Uh, Ready or Not came out last year. I can't tell you anybody who was in it, uh, or who directed it, but I really enjoyed it. It was on HBO. Um, I think it's like should still be on there. Um, and yeah, like it was a lot of fucking fun has a really wild climax it's a you know a fun little horror romp about you know uh class and all that um get out i rewatched because fucking why not and it's still great spoiler alert uh molly's game uh by sorkin (laughs) started strong (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's just like it's his directorial debut and it shows he's just not a good director even for himself like i went from because i rewatched the uh social network recently and what a fucking movie that, that i was literally is. thinking about rewatching that today i was like um, i got nothing going well, on it, uh, T- tarantino was like it's a masterpiece nothing even comes close and i was like all right that's not true but sure um and then i watched though. it yeah. and i was like it is a masterpiece i think other things do come close though but uh watching like how fincher handles sorkin's material versus how sorkin handles sorkin's material is like well, that's fascinating altogether because I, yeah. I Danny Boyle was fucking really interesting in the way yeah with Steve Jobs too. right yeah, yeah. and that's I think it was also just a weaker script but uh sure. you know still still worth a watch it was still an interesting story Michael Sarah is actually like really good in it he plays Toby Maguire well they call him player x or whatever because uh, <laughs> it's like based on a true story um yeah like uh really uh it, interesting enough story to recommend it and then i also watched burnt uh starring bradley cooper Oof. i don't fucking know why all right i don't okay. like bradley cooper and yeah. it was a bad movie yeah what was um, your gateway into that i just <laughs> it, it was like advertised as free on roku with ads and There's i was a reason. just like i was trying to fall asleep and i was just like i'll put something on and then i ended up watching it like that analytical part of my brain turned on like when you're watching <laughs> something bad and you're like i gotta study this and just understand what's not working and uh uh 
watch the whole thing. I still don't understand what's not working. It's just my lord. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> I have nothing really to add there. Uh, there's, I saw this movie. It's old. It's five years old now. It's called Sleeping Sleeping with Other People with uh, Jason Sudeikis and Allison Brie. Uh, man, how was that? And, uh, you know, Is it's that one where these... she does a British accent. No, God, no! Oh, thank okay. God, uh, I wouldn't want to watch that movie. Um, no, it's 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 fine. You know, like these movies are really hard to explain because I like them. Like I, I genuinely, I like the movie. I found it funny. However, yeah, uh, it's a movie where no one speaks like they do in real life. It's one of those movies. It's a lie to tell a truth sort of deal. And as long is as you buy like, into that, it's fine. Is it more like a raunchy comedy or romantic comedy, or does it find that middle ground? It finds the, the middle ground because it's really interesting. I because I I, I I was interested in it because of the story that I'm writing now, which sort of has a similar thing. Which okay. the whole point of the movie is that these two people hooked up in college once, like the day they mm-hmm. met each other. And then, like, 10, 15 years later, they run into each other, and they start this really good friendship. The whole time, they're sleeping with other people, but they're, right. like, falling in love, and they're doing everything a couple would do except call themselves a couple. Uh, sure. So I was, like, interested in that. So I was, like, okay, that's that's sort of interesting. And it has, like, Alison Brie's funny, and Jason Sudeikis is funny. And, again, it's just, like, oh, it's super raunchy. Billy Eichner's here talking about eating assholes. Like, whatever. There's a lot of, like, jokes that are coming out. There's, the, there's one bit where Billy Eichner's like, I'm sorry that I took a picture of my asshole and posted it on my, my supermarket's uh, Instagram and said, hey, guys, assholes for sale. And I was like, okay, Billy Eichner really sold that line. Okay. But, again, it, it's, this, it's, it's this farce. You know what I'm saying? So while I like yeah. it and it's funny, uh, at no point are you like, oh, this is – great you know what i mean it's one of those mm. things and there should be some because i don't want to be a pure like an asshole about hierarchy and then like what's art and what isn't but there should be this this real like in the same way that we do it for genre like we yeah. talk about the greatest shows of all time then we talk about what are the some of the greatest genre shows of all time and it's like yeah i'd put hannibal in the top of the genre show for sure, sure. <laughs> like, you know what i'm saying and that doesn't mean that it's any less fucking great in my mind it's just doing what it does really well i'm not gonna put that against fucking the wire i don't think anyone should right yeah i mean you have to take like context and like the social and you know uh just entertainment impact that a show has too like when you're having that conversation right right yeah and hannibal did not really have much of an impact i loved it it was just a weird kind of one-off though you know well by the way i mean not to make this about that some real talk like it's on netflix right now brian fuller come out and said he's like look we're still all ready for it and i gotta tell you like i think that's the thing i've i you know we we amazon prime and hulu are not netflix and it's i've never really understood that i've always kind of liked them equally but Mm -hmm. i've never really understood that until i realized like no netflix brings shit back like yeah. that, if you're on there, you have a real shot to be seen by enough people to be big. The fact that The Office is still, or was before it left Netflix, the biggest fucking show out there it speaks to like that kind of staying power because everyone has Netflix and everyone can discover this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Did now the Office that officially leave, by the way? I think so. Yeah, I think it's oh, gone. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, 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 maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's the end of this month because Peacock's July 15th or something. I don't know. But, gotcha. um, but yeah, so when you think about it like that, it's like now that Community's on Netflix, now that Hannibal's on Netflix, it's like I have way more fucking faith in something coming out of that than I mm-hmm. ever did before just because I know more people will see it. And because I also know that like people who have Netflix, they and only have that. Like there is this movement when things finally do come that people watch it. Community was yeah. like number two in the nation for like two or three days, which is nuts. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's like all this renewed interest in Community and they did that fucking episode online and everything. Yeah. And like, yeah. It feels yeah, like some, cool some shit's happening. So I'm hoping for Hannibal, but, you know, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, man. Anyway, I think we, we've, we've ran the jewels, as it were. Uh, do you want to you get into a loose kind of uh, conversation about finales? Because we were interested. We were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. finales. Didn't really know how to, to rank them or what makes a great finale. How do we – what's the criteria even? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't fucking know. Like, like I, I think it's something that stands the test of time you know ultimately like what stays with you what stays fresh because we were talking about breaking bad and how it was more or less like an inoffensive sort of coda yeah, as opposed ended. to like a uh fucking like you know punch in the gut or like a jaw-dropping thing like the the show peaked a couple episodes before that so it's right. like it's never going to be in that conversation of like all-time greats but it also wasn't bad it didn't do anything wrong so it's like what what would you say for you you know, like we've got the Sopranos, 
is definitely, I think, in contention for both of us. Yeah, um, and which is so weird because, you know, equally people hate it. And it's not even yeah. like a Lost situation. Like, I really enjoyed Lost ending, but that's, 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 I liked it in spite of that whole last season where it was 16 episodes too long and, like, mm. uh, there was a sideways flash and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah. The Sopranos, I think, is, like, this really wonderful, like, they had built everything almost kind of to that moment, and it was perfect, and yet people still hate it, you know? Right. Well, like, yeah, that whole last season was, like, a building of tension that never really released, and then it just cuts to black, and it's, like, because you're on the fucking edge of your seat for most of that season. It's, like, death is hanging over everyone. Like, even the color grading is darker. And, like, you get to that last moment, and it's just so fucking perfect, because it's, like, it doesn't matter. You know, right. I, I think people have calmed down about it a little bit. I know when it first happened, people were freaking out. They thought their televisions had broken, that the broadcasts had cut out. Like, yeah. That's amazing. I, I, I like that. Because that, that's like a Orson Welles, like War of the Worlds, like the mm -hmm. modern day problem. <laughs> like, we're, we're not worried about Martians, but we're like yelling that we can't hear our New Jersey mobsters. And I find that hilarious. Um, that, yeah. that one's obviously really big for me. It's hard because like greatest shows of all time doesn't, mean best finale of all time likewise shows i wouldn't even put in the top whatever have finales i'd put in the top whatever you know because mm -hmm. like i look at the wire and i'm like the wire is probably my favorite show but and it, yeah. and it ends much like breaking bad in a good way not in a bad mm -hmm. way at all i actually like the wire finale more because it's just that shot of bubbles walking up from the basement to have a dinner with his family i'm like ah, yeah it's such like a beautiful yeah and because I, I started re-watching that show and like seeing where bubbles is at the beginning and knowing where he ends up but what it takes to get him there yeah it's like you don't want to fucking see that story but you do because it's just so hard to watch man i remember andre royal so was like Can you fucking write me off man like this is this yeah. is really sad he's like no we need to we'll put a fucking gun in our mouths if we don't have a bubbles to root for and I'm like, that's, that's accurate, man. Uh, but like Aww. Six Feet Under is the one I'm thinking about, which is a show that I, I had one and a half seasons that I thought were like, holy shit, this is great. Um, yeah. Sort of got ludicrous, not sort of, got ludicrous, got fucking insane, got an, uh, kind of unwatchable, unless you had that Stockholm Syndrome of like, well, I got to see how it ends. And then for no reason, I don't know what gives uh, Alan Ball the right, just like an incredible finale. Like one of the fucking most beautiful finales I've ever seen. Well, I mean, so I, I've kind of got mixed opinions on that finale, though. Ooh. Like, I think that it hasn't aged as well. Haven't as, seen it in, in, like, fucking eight years, so I'm not defending I, it. Yeah. I rewatched it more recently, like, a couple years ago, and it wasn't what I remembered. Because I remember first watching that, and it's, like, devastating, and you see every character. Spoiler alert. Like, don't listen to the rest of this <laughs> if you don't want spoilers, because we can't talk about this without spoiling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, spoiler alert, everybody fucking dies, like, and you see how they die, because, like, the entire show, like, every episode begins with somebody dying, but you spend time with these other characters, the Fishers, and in this last episode, you see how everybody passes away, um, and it's weird what time does to some things, and it's, like, it, it's changed how I felt about, like, the first season of Mad Men, it's changed how I felt about, like, the first season of Breaking Bad, it's changed how I felt about the finale for Six Feet Under, mm. it doesn't really hold up as much for me in a way that i can't fully explain it kind of feels like a little bit like uh shoved in there as opposed to like a natural uh satisfying conclusion but maybe really? that's just me maybe I'm yeah, well, again I dude know. i haven't seen it i was in my early 20s the last time i saw it uh yeah. and, and again i've never had the incentive to go back and rewatch because i just remember being like i am so fucking glad this is over when i was getting to the end of that show yeah uh, so, that should have been a, a three season show probably you know what did it go I, five I think, or six like it just it was five. Too, too too many is the point for yeah. sure yeah it, it, it turned into like a ludicrous soap opera yeah yeah but i mean james, james james cromwell is in it crommy richard Crummy. jenkins uh yeah, richard jenkins <laughs> Richard Francis J. Con Conroy. We just named oh, the whole yeah. cast. Yeah. Dexter. Peter Dexter was Krause. in it. <laughs> uh, the lady who was a wild thing. Uh, it's <laughs> got a great cast, and it did not at all like presage the fucking uh, shit show that True Blood was. So kudos to Alan Ball for that. Yeah. Yeah. At least it yeah. wasn't True Blood. <laughs> I think that's fucked what you got to say. Look, guys, guys, I get it. Imperfect. But at least it wasn't True Blood, right? Like, all right, he's right, Bob. Let's go. Um. Fuck, I, I feel like I had like a good example of like a, a finale that, that really got me. You know what? Friday Night Lights. 
Yeah, yeah. See, that's you would put that. Well, see again, but that goes into the question of like, okay, well, what do you want from a finale, right? Yeah. Because like, I think for what it's doing, it's a wonderful little finale. But that show was always a wonderful little, like, I think I can, I think I can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it was such a a hard on its sleeve show, and it ends in the most hard on its sleeve way. It ends in the way that's most true to itself, and I think maybe that's my measure of like the best finale is like what is most true to the show. What okay, wraps well, it up. not to take away from Friday Night Lights, but since we're just freewheeling here very quickly, yeah. uh, You're the Worst fits that yeah, because yeah, You're the sure. Worst is a show. We were we, we watched those last two episodes together, uh, mm-hmm. and I was very much like, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't know how they end this and stay true to who they are and what they've been the entire time, and then they found a way to pull that off. And I was like, shit, yeah. you're right. It's not about something crazy or bombastic happening. It's about can you stay true to what you've built. And like that one, and, and Friday Night Lights, very similar, yeah. Yeah, because like You're the Worst could have ended with them uh, getting together and getting married and being happily ever after, but that wouldn't have been true to who those characters were. Instead, it was a kind of middle ground between that, that sort of cynical, sort of sweet uh, tension that the show had always played with, you know, which was fucking perfect, yeah. And that, but again, no one's going to put You're the Worst up there. No one's going to put Parks and Rec's finale up there, even though that's uh, maybe now I'm more successful six feet under, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, but you could, I mean, like uh, same with like the, the, the Good Place or, you know, any of those uh, shows that ended recently. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing because comedy inherently isn't, I don't think it's 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 uh, considered as great as drama, which is fucked up. I don't feel that way. Right. But I feel like when we talk about the pantheon of TV, you know what I mean? Like, oftentimes, comedy's left off that list. Well, like, uh, three, three, I think, of my favorite comedies ended last year. Uh, Broad City actually had a really wonderful finale that was very true to the show. Um, and can I spoil that for you, or you want to... Yeah, I mean, I'll watch it, it eventually. I, I, I like Broad City a lot. I've seen the first three seasons. I just, yeah. yeah so, so, so the final season uh, kind of calls into question like okay like these characters have to grow up how do we allow that to happen and the answer is they have to grow apart so like the the last season is literally about you know uh abby moving away and going to art school and leaving alana behind in new york and it's kind of just about them like figuring out how to be friends apart from each other and it's uh, it's really pretty like and it, it is like very much about growing up it charts like them uh being 20 and going into age 30 so it was like these characters are turning the same age that i was when i was mm-hmm. watching it so it was like kind of like i got to grow up a little well, it's like the characters. potter thing man we were all 18 when that last potter book came out we we're like oh my god yeah. potter's 18 we're 18 like we got all excited um, about it. <laughs> Uh, fucking crazy ex-girlfriend uh, show that on its surface you know, I've talked a lot about this show but always uh, on its surface seemed to be like a quirky romantic comedy but in, underneath it was like a really fucking dark show about uh, a bipolar manic depressive uh, protagonist who like copes by you know imagining things in musical um, and the end of the show is her ending up with none of the dudes in the show it's just her realizing she can't be with anyone um, if Fleabag kind of is pretty. over, Fleabag is a t- contender oh, yeah. F- for sure. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was as lovely as you can get. Uh, I don't think that show should ever have another episode, honestly. What if she comes back to do a one, like a second one man show, one woman show? I mean, if she if she finds something new to say, that'd be dope. But like, okay. just the way she ended that show was so good, man. It is. A, it's a show where I don't get what I want, and I'm happy for it. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. I really love the fucking priest, man. I was like, what are you doing? It's, yeah, it's there. Just do it. And, like, they, I don't know. It's like, I didn't get what I want somehow. It's like almost uh, Last Jedi esque. Like, mm. everyone's kind of worse off and simultaneously better off for it. You know what well, I mean? Which is amazing. Speaking of not getting what you want, uh, Twin Peaks The Return, assuming that's the last episode of that show. Um, yeah. Ooh. That yeah. still haunts me three okay, fucking but, years later, man. See, but see, that's the, that's Lynch, though, baby. That's Lynch right there because nothing about that you could put against The Sopranos or The Leftovers or any other finale that I find to be like wonderful. You couldn't yeah. do it. There's nothing to hold on to. 
There's mm-hmm. nothing conventional to be like, oh, I recognize that. And yet, I spell spellbound, bro. Like those last two episodes, but specifically yeah. every uh, the moment where Cooper r- actually arrives to Twin Peaks, and they do that superimposing where he's like half there, and the the close up words are the dream that thing. Yeah, it's incredible, and I know that's technically the episode before the finale, but I well, can them to be like one part to me, you know. Yeah, I think they aired on the same night, right? Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so I'm not yeah. crazy. They two-parted Yeah, it. no, you're not. Um, yeah, it, it ends on the most unsettling note that it possibly could have, much like season two did, you know, with uh, your incorruptible protagonist being uh, fucking replaced by a fucking the incarnation of evil itself and bashing his head into the bathroom mirror. Oh, like, yeah, but I thought this one was way worse. Oh, in, yeah. In, yeah. A, in a good way, not in a bad way. Just because, like, instead of, like, oh, the evil triumphs, it's, like, the good prevails and still it makes no difference. Like, there was a bigger darkness to that for some reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, that whole show felt existentially much more terrifying, you know? Like, even the town of Twin Peaks, like, was corrupted by the time we got to it in 2017 like there was nothing quirky or fun or good about it anymore it was all just fucked except for like a couple of characters you know i like in that last moment to how i don't know if you've ever have you ever lucid like dreamed lucidly before like do you ever in the moment okay because it's always like that's what it felt like to me was like the moment you realize that you're in a nightmare Mm, yeah wake up but there's no there's no wake i mean maybe there is we don't see it like that last feeling is like this is something is inherently wrong like you know it like when you're in a dream and that's when you start to realize that something is wrong is because the details don't make sense anymore and it's like yeah. that realization i just remember like those credits roll and then it cuts to laura, uh, laura palmer whispering in his ear in the red room right in the black yeah. lodge, and just being like no no no, fucking talk to me like dolores is like what do you think i'm like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up yeah i i remember like pacing around my apartment for a while my small apartment in florida and then i like just took a walk into the fucking darkness like for a good hour and just trying to process that emotionally we weren't homies yet right like we no god damn it that should have bridged our friendship then you should have been like look guy i know we got some beef but lynch and i'd be like all right fair like it's an olive branch He made uh, that for us, I think. He's like, look, you two got to bury the hatchet. And then he made 18 hours of Twin Peaks just for us, man. Yeah, I fucking should have because I didn't know anybody at the time that was fucking watching it. Like, I, I think maybe Nick, but aside from that, like, there was no one that I fucking knew that gave a shit about Twin Peaks The Return. And I was like, fuck. Like, I was trying to convince Jackson to watch it. And he was just like, no, I'll get around to it. Maybe rewatch season one and two. I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because I, who did I try to make watch that recently? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was my friend Brett. My friend Brett was asking about it. And I had to just be like, look, dude, like if you want, if you're asking me how I watched it the first time, as opposed to like what to do, it's like watch season one. Season one's riveting. Like seven, eight episodes of season two are really good. You can get up to like the 11th or 12th if you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then just just skip right to 22. That's what I did. And I missed nothing. I was yeah. like, okay, there's a bomb. There's a beauty contest, whatever. Don't really need to know the details of that. I get what's happening here. Uh, and then Fire Walk With Me. But that's the thing. It's like, if you're going to watch any of it, kind of just watch Fire Walk With Me. Because that is at least tonally what the return yeah, what, sort of was, you know? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on from the return, as much as I'll fucking love it, uh, <laughs> is there anything else in contention for you anything else in the conversation that like springs to mind like the Mad Men finale we haven't really talked about but uh, that that gets better for me over time when I first saw it I wasn't sure how I felt about it you know because it wasn't what anybody expected I don't think um well it's really weird because it's like you have emotions about the way things end endings are inherently hard to deal with sometimes because you spent especially with tv you spent years of your life like investing in something and coming back to something uh, so it's weird because I think about like when the leftovers finale happened ended, I was like, that was perfect. And I knew it was perfect the second it ended. Uh, right. There's things like Mad Men were like you. I didn't, I certainly didn't hate it, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. All right, let me go yeah. take a walk. <laughs> like, let me go, let me go think about this, let it marinate. And as I've returned to it, I, I'm like you. I, I, and even though it's not crystal clear what happens, I like both of the kind of options that that there are you know what i'm saying and like they both work for me and they stay true to what fucking draper was about 
about right. like equipment rather was about you know it kind of it kind of has its cake and eats it too but in a way that doesn't make me mad you know like like it, it gives you like an emotional payoff to that character while also being cynical at the same time because like it, it basically ends with him and we're led to believe that through actual enlightenment and inner peace he comes up with the coca-cola commercial i'd like to buy the world of coke right so like in a way like even though he's come to this peace and understanding he's still using that peace and understanding to and commodifying it you know which is like cheapening that peace and understanding so right. like, I, I just took it as corrupting yeah like much like you it's just like well even if you found this achievement and the reason that you were never never really able to find this kind of bliss was because of what you did because you always right. had to sell something you had to sell yourself you had to sell a product and here you are you're on the other side of the fucking country you're away from all of it you're furthest removes from everything that don draper was and you found this enlightenment only to go right back to that thing that kept it from you you know what i'm saying it was the right. kind of the way i took it as well and i was like god damn it that's sad and beautiful but very very sad yeah because you know? you're so you're so happy for this guy who's like fucking suffered for this whole show because i never really like as much as the show wanted me to i never fully hated don draper like i did walter white right yeah yeah you there know? were still people you because because oh you, for sure and yeah. i think it's the way ham played it ham played it there were moments where he was a lost child i forget the exact episode uh but it's it's when he's with dr miller and he feels like the, the walls are closing in on him a little bit and yeah. he's like trying to open the apartment door and he thinks that like the fbi is going to finally know that he's not don draper and, he and he's just like, trying to open like, the door yeah he has a panic attack and he rushes yeah. and he throws up like and there's even that moment when like uh later on in season six when he's hitting his low point and he he says something awful to peggy i don't even remember what it is like he's lashing out and being a monster or whatever and then it just shows this overhead shot of him like laying down on his couch in the fetal position like he's a fucking scared little boy because he doesn't so know sad, how man. else to be yeah <sighs> that guy get him a job hollywood what are what, we ham? doing <laughs> hey he can't just be marjorie priming his whole goddamn life he needs to get out there he needs to do john more hams john ham <laughs> you thought i was what if he, he's like look career times have been tough Mad Men was fucking six years ago so yeah i got into the john ham business what do you want from me <laughs> There's the low-hanging fruit. Next time we're leasing the ham and bubbly restaurant. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Just pulls out Michael Buble. Got a gun to his head. Uh, yeah, no, Mad, Mad Men, I think, is, is fucking close, man. I would say Deadwood, too. And Deadwood's weird because it was sort of canceled. And I, I don't mm. think you ever watched Deadwood, finally, right? Never watched the no, show? No, I watched the, the movie, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the end of the show, considering Milch knew, like, kind of the, a couple days before production ended, that it was going to be canceled he rewrote the final scene uh and it, and within the world of deadwood it is as poetic an ending as you will get you know what i mean yeah uh which is just al swearingen on his knees like cleaning up a blood stain talking about mm. like lying to someone like he wants me to tell him something pretty and he's like cleaning up blood stains and it, like i promise that makes a lot more sense if you were to watch the whole show but it's like wow that's as good as it's gonna get guys like this was always a miracle anyway we got three seasons of this like let's be happy um, yeah the movie's the final statement but as far as like finales go i know some people could be kind of like because it ends there's not like this huge confrontation and blah 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 blah. but if you think about what the show always is and, and was trying to do like it's as close as it gets to perfect man yeah again like a show being true to itself right it was never about pack conclusions or anything right. like that and i watched like about the first season of that show and i really liked it it's a show i do need to to get on because i i really like that movie it's got some really pretty moments yeah dude now season season two uh pretty much from the opening moments you're you're hooked like that yeah. it, that show gets you in the first five ten minutes and and after and i'm also just a dialogue freak and no one writes dialogue like milch that guy is right. just some next level fucking genius so sad that he's like alzheimer's now you know right. like we, we lost a voice well hey at least we that. got that at least we got that movie before he right goes into that good night or whatever but you know even that like apparently because with the genius of millich was on set being like fuck all of this and then just like making mm. up dialogue and reading it off right. camera to them <laughs> like wasn't that so part of the problem with like luck or whatever is like because he was just like fucking rewriting like on the day or whatever and that's all he does is rewrite off. yeah yeah like he writes scripts and then gets I've heard just one story where he got visibly shitty, like threw a chair at somebody for them starting the scene with the scripts he wrote. 
because he's like you knew goddamn well that wasn't the final script and like then just off screen he's like okay and now you say this and just delivers the line and character and shit like that because i told you what's the writing process he just lays on his fucking back and like gets consumed by spirits and literally like in dialect and fucking accent and shit just starts saying out all the lines from everyone he's like someone's writing this right they just have like an assistant writing everything he says and i'm like what you know what i've never (laughs) tried that technique maybe it works for everyone I got to get that milch, milch status. Um, I'm trying to think, man. What is, what, uh, like I said, I like The Wire, but The Wire is like fine. It's not like an explosive ending. I mean, that's the thing. It's like endings don't need to be. They just need to be semi-competent, you know? Right. I can tell you Dexter's like the worst <laughs> like for a show that once was considered good, you know? That's a pretty horrible I mean, finale. we very recently talked about How I Met Your Mother. Uh, oh. I, I like that. That's one of the few times I've felt legitimately insulted by like an episode of television i'm just saying something here's one insulting shit uh fringe i think fringe legitimately has a lovely finale which is such Mm. a love letter to because you know they would do like the x-files thing they would have mythology episodes the monster of the week or whatever yeah Uh, did you ever watch fringe or no nah no i saw like the first season of it oh god the first season it takes literally 13 episodes before anything good is on screen like i don't even know how i watched that show because i must have had like mono or something i was like i can't get out of bed i guess i'm watching fringe all day uh but but it literally takes 13 episodes and then our guy from Mad Men, fucking jared uh harris is in it and he plays like a big bad and i'm like oh okay this show's good but no what they what they do in this finale is amazing because the whole final season is like a clusterfuck uh in a good way like the, the first four seasons are more or less monster of the week mythology they split into parallel universes shit happens but the fifth season is like this 25 years in the future uh dystopic fucking everything has fallen it's like the the resistance against these fucking big bads and the final episode is them somehow weaponizing all the monsters of the weeks that you had seen so when they're going in this compound suddenly you're like that's season one like you know like they they found a really clever way to bring all these emotional heights back to it yeah and still like i bought like a baby at the last episode like there are genuine emotional stakes to it which is yeah. so weird considering it never seemed like that was going to be the show but again considering what it was it was this hard sci-fi Unre- yeah. unrepentantly fucking weird show it, it found a sweet way to end it you know well i mean yeah alternately and i know i've talked your ear off about it i've talked about it a lot and i'm sorry but angel angel uh, yeah, i fucking knew it, I knew it. The, no the finale of that show like was so fucking ballsy like i for a genre show especially i guess but i mean like for it to go out the way it did was so dark but also again true to itself and i guess i'll spoil it for you um but like and I'm not going to do it, like, just watch it uh, still. Um, but, yeah, like, fucking the end of the show is basically, like, uh, Angel and his crew or whatever make one last stand as the forces of hell are unleashed on the streets of Los Angeles, um, basically facing certain death cut to black. Um, it's them standing in an alleyway, like, fucking bleeding. Half of the crew has been unceremoniously killed off already like beloved characters you've spent time with just fucking killed off in the worst ways possible and like just the remaining stragglers are like bleeding out and about to like go down for one last fight and it's fucking great so you ready for this angel movie and it's like page one and it's like we just return to those exact moments but boreanis is like 40 pounds heavier we don't acknowledge it everyone's well, visibly older like fucking whedon can't fucking let a good thing die and he made a comic book that immediately oh, like no. goes after yeah he did the same thing for buffy, buffy and he, like yeah. it's way too weird with it like he turns uh dawn buffy's sister into a giant <laughs> Well, she gets cursed with like he giant can do that. problem. Do yeah, that exactly. On CW, guy. Come on, man. Like if page one of Angel, he's like riding a dragon. <laughs> I don't know. It's eight it's choices, easy, man. Yeah. Well, again, because it's like uh, hello, but you tell me hell don't have some angels or some dragons. I mean, of course they do. They don't have angels. That's the one thing hell doesn't have. But right. dragons, they're lousy with them. Um, well, no, yeah, I'll check man, it. I... That actually sounds amazing, man. I don't know. I think we started a premise that we can't possibly answer. Yeah, it's it's sort of a thing where it's just going to keep being us for like hours and hours just, oh yeah, and then this, but not that, but then this. Um, but I think we touched on like a lot of the major ones and I'm definitely going to think of way more after we end this where I'm like, why the fuck didn't I talk about that? But yeah, uh, I, I think maybe we both agree like with the criteria, it has to be something that stays with you. 
uh, has to be something that lingers up to a point, you know, that ages well, and that uh, is true to what the show was. Well, we did it, guys. We did it by not naming a winner. <laughs> we just talked about it a lot uh i'm no closer to truth i mean how about this how about we end it with just a personal uh and i you're gonna be annoyed by it but the leftovers for me really is this like wonderful 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 small beautiful intimate story and maybe it's just because it's juxtaposed with everything else that's the one that this the moment it ended i knew like wow that or or twin peaks the return to be honest like different uh, you know ends of that spectrum but similar like i knew immediately how i felt about it you know what i mean yeah i mean like i I could just be an asshole and say mash because that's fucking wonderful and we didn't talk about that um but it's not like a show that i love you know on the level that i've never other shows i've never been a huge we watched mash a lot because especially where where we grew up after like the 10 o'clock news or whatever they just mash reruns came on and like yeah. in the middle of the night and in the morning and stuff so i've watched a lot of mash i never, never knew it in continuity love alan alda and obviously mm-hmm. it wasn't a chicken you know like i get it like yo that right. finale is fucking amazing but i never had enough of an attachment to be like mash right yeah that that's sort of one of those cases of like i think you had to be around at that time it was a contextual thing for a lot of people um but yeah, I, I don't know if I have a favorite. Like, probably The Return uh, would be the one that I still, like, fucking have nightmares about and shit, you know? And then, like, uh, it's probably all recency bias, too. But, like, Mad Men, s- same thing. I don't have nightmares about it, but I still, like, it grows over time, you know? The feeling that, that it left me with, you know? The impression that it left. So it's, right. like, those are two things that, like, the longer I spend with it, the better it gets and the richer it gets. Uh, whereas like the wire it's like very one and done breaking bad very one and done the sopranos has been almost so overanalyzed that i don't think about it anymore if that makes sense yeah because it's just been such a huge part of the conversation with tv um and it's probably unfair but like those are my two i guess if i had to pick two nice man well i mean we tried we did our best uh, but it was nice just catching up, man. You've been watching some cool shit. And we should do this from time to time because we're still doing the Quarantine Movie Club. We have another episode of that coming out. Uh, yeah. But it's important to like, hey, we're not only doing that. We do other Yeah, we're things. not only watching classic fucking porn <laughs> films and shit. We're also watching uh, goofy vampire shows and, you know, fucking Adventure Time and stuff. <laughs> Why'd you trail off? What was that? I don't know. Uh, but anyways, thank you for joining us on Shallow Dives. Uh, have, have a, you know, a safe uh, time out there. Uh, I hope that you use this time to catch up on shit uh, that maybe you haven't been watching. Uh, Christian, any final words? Uh, bye. Bye.